Yep, won't have to pray again. You'll be able to go right to the throne. Isn't that just an amazing thing? We'll be uh, see our Lord Jesus Christ face to face. Uh, what a wonderful day. What a great thing to be able to, to uh, sing about. And it's great to know that you can have that close personal relationship with the Lord and talk to him every day. You know, don't have to go through a priest. Don't have to, con you know, I can confess directly to my father and I can walk with him. Uh, some, some, just some great truth and great reminder in song. Proverbs chapter 11, Proverbs chapter 11. A preacher uh, started a practice that he now does with every church member. He explained how it all happened and what he does now uh, with these words. He said, about 20 years ago, I said something impromptu to the two new members standing in a row across the front of our church. As we received them, the Holy Spirit prompted me to add these words. And now I charge you that if you ever hear another member speak an unkind word of criticism or slander against anyone, myself, an usher, a choir member, or anyone else, that you stop that person in mid-sentence and say, who is it that hurt you? Or who is it that ignored you? Or who is it that slighted you? Was it pastor? Let's go to his office right now. I'm sure he'll seek to make it right, and then we'll pray together so God can restore peace to this body. But we won't let you talk critically about people who aren't present to defend themselves. A preacher didn't stop there. He went on. He said, I'm serious about this. I want you to help resolve this kind of thing immediately. And know this, if you are ever the one doing the loose talking, we will confront you. Well, he concluded by saying this, to this day, every time we receive new members, I say much the same thing. Because I know that what most easily destroys churches, it's not crack cocaine, it's not government oppression, it's not even a lack of funds. It's gossip, slander that grieves the Holy Spirit. Isn't that the truth? If we were able to somehow measure what has done the greatest damage to the spiritual well-being of churches throughout history... I am certain that near the top of the list or at the top of the list would have to be that one word, gossip. It's destroyed many lives. It's destroyed many workplaces. It's destroyed many churches. Churches have split. Ministries have been destroyed. Lives devastated through that one issue. And I would suspect it might be uh, very well close to the top of the list and the top, of the top problem. So today I draw your attention to Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 13, where we read these words, A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. We're going to learn about that subject. God five different times mentions the talebearer in this book using two different words. Now, that doesn't sound like all that much. And you say, Pastor, you should be able to get through that quickly. You're right. There's not as many verses. I'm thankful that there aren't, you know, 67 verses dealing with a subject. For once, we have one that doesn't have as many verses. But I'll tell you, though there aren't many verses in Proverbs that specifically mention this, the message that God gives in this, um, in this book are, is very important to know. And, and quite frankly, it's interesting that there are not many other places in the Bible where you see the word tail bearer brought out. In fact, 
The only other plate, well, I'm sorry, in uh, Jeremiah, there are two mentions, I believe. I think Ezekiel is another book. And then in Leviticus, in the law, you're not to go about as a tale-bearer among God's people. But other than that, there's not a lot that's said about the subject, although it is an issue that has destroyed many a church, and it's an issue that needs to be dealt with and needs to be understood. Now, you might say this evening, that sounds like a familiar topic. And you are correct. If you were to go back to chapter 10, you would see something brought up about the tongue in Proverbs chapter, um, uh, I can't remember where it is now, Proverbs chapter 10 and verse, I want to say it was uh, 13. Anyway, we started to deal with the tongue, or we dealt with the tongue. We had like three messages on the tongue in the book of Proverbs, <coughs> and, excuse me, and part of that included a section on the tail bearer. And so we have talked about the subject, but I felt like as I came to this, um, to this verse, actually was preparing to go on and talk about counsel. Uh, in verse 14, we find that. But, um, but I just kept going back to verse 13 and, uh, and felt like it would be very appropriate for us to once again address the subject and see what God has to say. So let's begin with, and it's kind of neat because unlike a lot of the Proverbs where we just get a number of different truths and principles in different places, we almost can walk through the five verses in Proverbs and get a, a good picture of what God wants us to, to know. So we're going to begin with uh, the doer of the deed. Uh, chapter 11 and verse 13, the doer of the deed. There's a few things that we find about him and we learn about him right in this first proverb. Um, we find, first of all, his conduct, his conduct. Now, uh, we're going to take a little bit of time and kind of explain it. The word talebearer in chapter 11 and verse 13 comes from a root word that's rather interesting. It means, uh, literally, it's a, the root word means literally to travel or to walk or to traverse. You say, well, well, then what does it have to do with a, a tail bearer? Well, a, a tail bearer carries a message. Um, a tail bearer goes about and shares, according to verse 13, what? A, a tail bearer, what does the tail bearer travel about doing? Revealing secrets. That was really deep, profound, right? Okay, the word reveal means to, uh, you, you'll love this one, denude something. You say, what in the world does that word mean? Well, I didn't know what it meant. Maybe you do know what it means. Uh, it means to divest of covering or to make something bare. So uh, it is really, really, th this first phrase, a tail bearer reveal his secrets, is, is pretty much giving us a definition of what it means to do. Secrets would be things spoken in confidence, secretly, in counsel. Um, in fact, the word carries the idea even of intimate conversations about things that are not readily known. So the idea would be that someone has either spoken to a person or spoken to a, another about something that is very intimate, that is very personal, that is not known by others, and what a gossip does is they take that, they carry it abroad, and they let others know. Um, and so if you want it kind of defined, here's what he does. He advertises slanderous secrets to others 
who need not know or should not know them. You get it? So he advertises slanderous secrets to others who need not or should not know those secrets. Now, hopefully you got all those words and you got it, got it done. Um, but that is, if you wanted to define this first phrase, if you wanted to understand what a talebearer is all about, that's what it is. He goes, he opens his mouth and, and shares. Now, slander, by the way, uh, isn't always uh, things that are, um, sometimes they are things that are false. Uh, sometimes they're things that may be true, but they're, they defame or destroy the life of another or the reputation of another person. And so that is what a tale bearer does. Um, they have information others don't have. They want to make it known to people who have no business knowing what it is. So, you know, quite honestly, it's a, it's a very despicable activity. And yet it happens all over. It's something else that's interesting to me in this verse because not only do we learn about uh, his conduct and what he does in that first phrase, but the second phrase teaches us something as well. We find his character. We find his character. So what do we find about his character? You say, well, wait a second. That's not dealing with his character. Yes, it is. Because God says people um, who are what? Who keeps things secret that should be secret? Faithful people. So in other words, are, are we not then learning from that last phrase, what a character flaw of, of a person who's a gossip? Okay, they're not trustworthy. They're not trustworthy. You can't count on them. And you can't rely on them. You can't rely on them to keep their mouth closed. <laughs> that, that, I mean, if you want to really get pretty blunt about it, you, you can't rely uh, on, on them to, to keep a confidence. Because when someone comes in confidence and when someone has, a, a, if you would, a secret conversation, and I'm not talking about they're sharing and revealing some, some wicked, godless thing about their life that they murdered someone or something to that effect. Okay, we're not talking about those kind of things. But when someone shares something in confidence with the idea that, look, this is not something to be published abroad, uh, a, a gossip is not trustworthy. They can't be counted on to do that. It's just like it's burning inside and they got to let it out. So his character is revealed in this passage. You're not trustworthy. First church my sister and brother-in-law had was in Middlebury, Vermont. So Middlebury is a, is a small community, a real small community. It has a little college there uh, in Middlebury. Well, they had this nice older home in this small college town. And they found out rather quickly that they bought a home next to the town gossip. You say, well, well, how did they find that out? Well, here's what happened. They were uh, going to move in, and so uh, my, uh, I and my parents uh, made the trip. Well, my parents made the trip and took me along, you know, to uh, help them move in. And, uh, and so uh, we spent a few days there, helped them to unpack their uh, truck, get settled in a little bit later. And a few days later, uh, after we left, they picked up a copy of the local town newspaper. And on the, the front page in the newspaper, there was an article about a new pastor in town, Pastor Bailiff, and uh, how the bailiffs had their family in for a visit. Now, you know, look, look, 
they came to come to find out one of the one of the writers was their neighbor, and they had to be very careful about what they did around their house uh, because the things that they did around their house ended up in the town newspaper. And uh, and you say, well, well, what's the problem with that? I don't know if you don't know the problem with that. There's a serious problem with that. Um, this lady had, uh, she never talked, by the way, with them, never asked for their permission, just wrote about how the bailiff's uh, new pastor in town had, had the, the schwankies in for a visit. But I don't know how she got those things either. She must, must have been just at, at her window, you know, just watching the whole thing or whatever. I have no idea how it all took place, but I do know this. I do know that uh, uh, from that day forward, they had to be very careful about the things they said around her and the reason why and the activities that went on around their home um, because it, it made the newspaper and that lady immediately became suspect. She had a character flaw. And so um, you couldn't count on her to be faithful. Uh, you could count on it being in the newspaper. So uh, I guess there's some blessings in that. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure that my, uh, my sister and brother-in-law didn't have any um, good yelling matches or anything because you'd think about it being in the newspaper the next week. Nah, they wouldn't have done that anyway. But, uh, you know, gossips are just involved in that and they can't be counted on. Um, and it's interesting to me because this is true about gossips, but gossips never seem to ha lack new stories to spread. Isn't that an amazing thing? Yeah. Anyone with any sense should learn quickly not to speak with a gossip. They're not trustworthy. But somehow, and this is the thing that's, that's it, it may seem strange, but I... I but somehow, in our mind, we don't associate the fact that if someone shares gossip with you, that you're going to be the subject of their mouth later on. Somehow, in our mind, we like to think that, well, they would never speak about me, but if they're speaking about someone else, you should know this. You should realize that fact. And... In reality, gossip should stop every time because people should stop speaking to gossips. But again, for some reason, we do not associate the fact that if they revealed this secret about someone else to you, then they will reveal your secrets to someone else as well. So you've got to understand that their character is not trustworthy. Um, and then the last thing about it, his conversation. And uh, now I said we were going to go in order. We're going to try to do that, but we've, there's a couple times where we're going to get away from that. So go to chapter 20 if you would. There's one time or two, two, I think. Or we'll, we'll go backward one more time. Forward this time. Chapter 20 and verse 19 says this. He that goeth about as a talebearer, here we go. We have the same thing, don't we? Reveal its secrets. And then God says, therefore, meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips. So you got to understand that the conversation of a gossip many times, not all the time, because these are not hard and fast. They're not rules that fit every situation. But many times the conversation of a gossip is interesting. It involves flattery. It involves flattery. 
Why? Because a gossip is on, a look, on the lookout for another good story. So how do you get good stories? It might be that they, they get it because people don't think about their lack of ability to trust someone with, with a secret. But another way they get it is because a, a gossip will often say flattering things to get people to speak, to talk about themselves, say things that, that, uh, that lift up and build up someone um, so that they can get more information. Be aware of the person who makes you feel good by, by saying things and, if you would, inflating your value, flattery, because it is a method of a gossip to get more information. And you know what? <coughs> There's a good chance the only reason they're flattering you is because you're going to be the next story they share. And uh, again, this is something that is just, we, we don't think about, but God wants us to, and God warns us of it in his word. Now let's go backward a little bit to Proverbs chapter 16. In Proverbs chapter 16, we have the next thing uh, that is, is uh, brought up, the next point in our outline, the damage they do. The damage they do. Well, what is the damage that a gossip does? If you look at chapter 16 and verse 28, Someone read the verse, if you would, and I think you'll be able to simply tell me what damage they bring or do. All right, what does a whisperer do? By the way, the word whisperer is uh, one of the two words that, are transla that is translated talebearer or, or a, a go what the term we use is gossip today. So what does he do? And what, what kind of damage? What do gossips do? That's right, they separate friends. They separate friends. A, a whisperer ruins friendships. And by the way, if you look at it, he says whisperer separateth chief friends, not just friends, but good friends, close friends, ruin relationships that people have had maybe even for years. Because they say things and share things. And do you know what so-and-so said about you? And here, a, a friendship that's been going on for years and years is just totally destroyed because someone gossips. Um, a lost woman told her story about quitting gossip for a month on the Internet. I just did a search uh, uh, actually did search as I was preparing for tonight, just gossip and, and how, how to stop it on the internet. And it was kind of interesting. Yeah, don't do that, really. It's not worth it. But I came across this woman who told her story, and she, she again, quit gossip for a month, and she shared what prompted her action. Here's what she said. I never thought much about gossip until a girlfriend of mine showed up to my house one day with a very juicy tidbit accompanied by a scandalous video. I'll be intentionally vague so as not to bring up more pain to the person at the center of the scandal, but the video, so I'm told, she said she never saw it, exposed a young woman doing things she likely would not have done had she known she was being filmed. They were clearly the actions of someone who was troubled. 
the video was circulated by the girl's roommate who felt personally wronged by the actions in the video and wanted the girl to pay for it. By the way, these things are going on. They go on all the time. And, and uh, the Internet and social media have made this, have made this uh, evil a popular, acceptable thing. And uh, you need to really beware of of those those things, and and I, uh, that's 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 a message. By the way, we've got to do so, brother. Deals, write that one down. All right, for another time, we've got to we got to deal with social media. All right, sometime. All right, that I never did that before, did I? Brother Deals said, if I made a list of all the things I said we're going to deal with sometime, I would have a series going for about six years or something like that. I don't know. What we were talking about. All right, but she did that to make him pay. Now, what is interesting is this lady, and it is clear she is totally unsaved. It is clear from what she wrote, totally. A lost lady is writing about her experience and how she decided she was going to stop for this 30 days. She said the actions weren't even harmful in any way to anyone except the girl actually doing them. She said, I didn't know the young woman in the video, but a lot of people I know do. And every last one of them seemed to be talking about the events in question. And she said, for the first time when I heard about this, this is the reason she decided to go on this 30-day fast from, from gossip, okay? She didn't call it that, but that's what I'm calling it. She said, when I heard all of this, I felt ill. The girl in question probably would have benefited immensely from the roommates or anyone's concern and compassion. But instead, her life was, by some measures, Ruined by the rumor mill. And so she was talking about how friendships had been just totally destroyed. And here's a, a lady who needed help and wasn't going to get it. Because now everyone's opinion of her was affected by the gossip, the rumor mill, the, the, the evil that had been spread about her on the on the internet. And so we learn that gossips do separate friends. And that's why this lady decided she was going to, for 30 days, not gossip. Uh, and, and just because she was moved about this and realized how it was hurting people to do such. And it's funny because I'll, I'll share something. A little, it's not funny. But later on, she said she wasn't going to quit gossiping. Even after doing that, I, I was, uh, that was intriguing to me. Another internet article um, about um, quitting the gossip game began this way. A famous quote attributed to Socrates purports that strong minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, weak minds discuss people. And, um, and the person that wrote that said, I happen to believe this is true, so why, oh why, does gossiping feel so good? Amazing, amazing thing. All right, um, let's get, let me give you just one other, and here's where we're gonna we'll pick up next time. In chapter 18 and verse 8, as we move through Proverbs, we learned that the words of a talebearer are what? They're like wounds. Sticks and stones may break my bones. 
names will never hurt me, right? Or words. Sometimes people say words will never hurt me. Um, you know, that's a lie. Names cast at people, words spoken about people, things revealed which even may be true or are untrue can destroy a life, ruin a reputation for life. You know, we know that, but people still gossip. We're aware of that, but people still gossip. So gossips not only separate friends, sometimes very long friendships and good friendships that have lasted for years are destroyed by gossip, but gossips also wound lives. They wound lives. Almost daily we're receiving mail about the upcoming election where uh, 8,563 conservative people are running for one possession as representative in Congress in our area. I'm sorry, I'm not sure it's exactly that number, but it seems like that number. And it's disheartening to me because there are just malicious attacks they're leveling at one another, trying to make the other guy look liberal, uh, which, which uh, you know, I know if I was in New York, you wouldn't be seeing any kind of ad like that. It would be trying to make them look conservative, you know. Uh, but here, they're trying to make them look liberal. So, so-and-so, and they don't say this, 33 years ago voted for this, you know. They're liberal. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're. They're a closet liberal. I mean, there's just all sorts of terms that are being thrown out there about, about different people. And, uh, and, you know, every time I get to the election year, I, it, it is, oh, it's frustrating these days. You, 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 don't, you, you, can't go to their, you can't go to the website of anyone because the, those who are, have, their, have their own websites tell lies about other people and sometimes lie about themselves. And it's almost frustrating because you, you, you don't know what the truth is anymore. Because people have no hesitation distorting someone's record, someone's name, distorting where someone truly stands. So that one week you'll get a, you'll get a mailing that says, so-and-so is a liberal. And the next week, so-and-so will have a thing saying, I'm being maligned. And, uh, and it just goes back and forth. And it is, uh, debates are, are, are all about disinformation these days and just making someone look bad rather than someone saying, this is where I stand, this is what I believe, this is how I'll vote, and this is what you need to know about me. And this is what my opponent had truly has done. And this is where they stand. And you can look at their voting record. I have no problem if someone uh, says the truth. But when someone distorts things and then calls them a liberal because 15 years ago they voted on something. In fact, there's an ad that's been on, on TV by another one of these 8,000 so, so odd conservatives that are running that says um, that some man speaking for the representative that wants to be in office said, he tells me he did make a mistake. And he did vote for something that he shouldn't have voted for. Which, by the way, many congressmen and, and, and people in office are put in that kind of position because there may be great legislation that's 95% good, has 5% trash. And the truth is, you're for the 95% and you need to vote for it. 
but your record can be totally distorted by the 5% in there. It's just, it's, it's, oh, I'm getting the hate politics. Boy, I don't know how I got off on that subject, except for the fact that lives are wounded by things that are, that, that truth is, that's distorted. And it's going on all the time. It's go, it goes on in the political scene. It goes on in the workplace. It goes on all over. It goes on in homes. It goes on in families. And it's got to stop. But the thing is, it's not just going to stop on its own. Otherwise, God wouldn't have to deal with it in the Bible. It's got to stop when people start to realize this is wrong. And I'm not going to destroy lives anymore. And I'm not going to ruin friendships anymore. And I'm going to stop being involved in destroying people and hurting people. And I'm going to start doing what God tells me when he encourages me in his word to edify, to build people. And my friends, that's what's needed in the church. And it's just what's needed in life. People that, that stop destroying people by saying deceitful things or things that aren't totally true or maybe even just not saying things that are true because they're secrets that no one needs to know. And, um, and it's something that we should get passionate about. So God hates tail-bearing. And it's clear and may we learn about it, and may we avoid it like the plague and um, like COVID. There you go. Um, and may our lives be honoring to God because we just refuse to get involved in that. I think I need to start having new members stand up here and giving them that command too. I think I need to get all old members and do the same thing. I'm not saying you're an old member. Boy, I just got, I just opened my, my mouth and inserted my foot, didn't I? All right, there we go. But um, I, I hope you'll be, I hope you'll be challenged and I look forward to just um, really closing. There's, you say, there's not a lot to be said. Yeah, we almost got halfway through, okay? Um, but these things need to be said and I hope you will uh, consider it very carefully and seek to please the Lord. Father, I thank you for your word and thank you for giving us help with this matter. And I, I pray that, um, that we, would we would see in our own lives when we're involved in tailbearing. And um, it's easy to see in others, it's easy to be critical of the political scene and miss the fact that there are times where we may be sharing with people things that we have no business sharing with people. Help us to be trustworthy, people that can be counted on to keep things confident, things that should be kept in confidence. And I pray, Lord God, that, um, that we would not have, like many churches have, issues because we have people who open their mouth and say things they ought not. And I'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you as you please him with your tongue. You're dismissed.